is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. I'm the leprechaun. (laughs) Stop it, man. You're freaking me out. Yeah, I always think of Wayne's World whenever I think about the leprechaun. And I think about uh, St. Paddy's Day. I hope everybody's having a great St. Paddy's Day. Man, it's a little after 11, so you should probably already be out there drinking. And this is a fact. Moneyline the show, 1,000% better when you're drunk. So uh, everybody out there, I'm not telling you to go get drunk. Well, maybe a little bit. I am. <laughs> maybe a but little I'm bit. T- but <laughs> I'm telling you to take some cheers after you get yes. drunk. That's what I'm telling you. Yes, the show, 1,000% yes. better. Just like, you know, good music is better when you got a little buzz kicking. Same thing with Moneyline. So we're here for you on Sunday, guys. And, you know, we, we, we do a lot of gambling talk on this show, and we're going to hit some NFL free agency because there's still more we got to get to. But I was just talking to Jerry during the break. We, we do really well with live betting. And we were talking about this with the Rockets-Warriors game the other day. And I, I kind of had a slight lean to the Warriors because they were getting four points. But, you know, the Rockets were full strength. So I, I didn't feel great about it. So I just put a little bit of money on the Warriors. But then after, I don't know, watching the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, I was positive, like, hey, the Warriors are going to win this thing. It's You can just tell that, that, you know, they were getting all the rebounds. They were just playing harder. This was a bigger game for them. They didn't want to get swept. So what did I do? I said, all right, well, the Warriors are kind of doing well. I'm going to wait for the Rockets to make a little bit of a run here. And as soon as the line shifts back to where the Warriors are the underdog, I'm going to fire on them. And this is something that Jerry has taught me this, and I'm very appreciative. So it's a great little tip that if you're watching a game and, and you can clearly see that it's going to go one way, kind of wait, you know, where it might run back the other way. And then that, that gives time for the line to change. And then you fire on that and you come away with money. It, it was a good day for me. So thank you, Jerry, for that tip. Because sometimes you you really do, once you actually see the game being played, you get a really good feel for how it's going to go. And in-game betting is a great way to do that. I find myself doing that so often now. I Sometimes I'd rather in-game bet because, you, like you said, once you see them come out, and yes, of course, some teams. But then again, you have, when you look at a game, you already have a lot of the information compiled into, okay, what teams are, are better second-half teams? And then you translate that to the coaching, and, and you say, okay, maybe that's why the coaching comes out. They make some second-half adjustments. Cool. But once you see them come out, as he said, he saw the Warriors come out, and that was the question. Without, uh, How are they going to come out without Durant? Yep. Uh, that was That's what that led you, it led everyone, led me. I was even on the Rockets um, to to – to say, okay, this is the Rockets' moment. Everything points. The Rockets have had success against them lately. This is it. This is this is the rock, and that's when Vegas comes out and punches you in the head. Yep. Again, maybe watch the game play out. Once you saw the game come out and you see them come out busting Curry's out there feeling it, you knew, okay, they came out to play. And yep. then you start – gambling is about theory. Anybody, I could come up here right now and tell you in, in stuff that you can look up. The last 10 games, they're 9-1 against the spread, coming off a loss, uh, looking forward to a divisional foe. I, that all you can look at. What I can uh, tell you and try to 
explain to you and get you to learn is the theory behind something and the theory of what maybe what the thought of the Warriors is. What was the thought of the Warriors going into that game hearing the big bad bully saying no bully likes to say here, hey, there's a new guy in school and he likes to fight and he's been he beat up your brother. You know, they've been beating your brother up for for the last couple games. The Warriors wanted to fight. You know what I mean? They wanted to come out and 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 especially being uh, going now into the postseason. It's about to be the postseason soon. They needed to come out and put their foot down like okay that's cute and all rockets and y'all have gotten us but we're still the warriors and we beat you without durant in your house just know that just know that just how the world rockets fans are pumping their chest saying we went out there and beat them over without paul we could beat them okay well they could beat you out durant so where where does this lead all where does all this mix what does this soup taste like it tastes like the same as this when we started this year it tastes the same as we'll see each other in the western conference finals and we'll go from there Exactly, and that's how it went down, and it was pretty comfortable for the Warriors for most of that game. You know, they were up by about 10 points for a lot of the game. You and sweated. I bet yeah. you were just comfortable. I, until the very end of the game, you know, Harden and the Rockets went on a little bit of a run there, and they got it close, and I think they had a chance to hit a three to take it to overtime. That's the only time I started gripping a little bit because you know how games go. Once it goes to overtime, uh, you know, everything kind of goes out the window. You know that with fantasy football, too. Like, everything's good in fantasy football. And then you're like, oh, no, we go to overtime. You know, my opponent has this other guy on his team. He might get a touchdown in overtime and beat me. So I think gamblers and fantasy players in general, they hate overtime unless they're chasing points. You know, just saying. I completely agree. So just a little a little lesson there. We try to stick in here and there just in between these, these segments. Uh, theory, like I said, we could sit here and give you – I could sit here and give you bets. Josh could tell you who he thinks is going to win, but it's about the theory of what's that, what's their train of thought rather than just the numbers. The numbers do as much, it, it does justice, but at the end of the day, the theory behind it, because you think that Vegas, those odds makers don't have numbers times 10 of what we got, the information that we think that's so valuable. They got that. And they, they, they yeah, they're asking for you for, they're asking for stuff. So just, just know that. And they don't get everything right, obviously. And they have more access to more information than anybody. So that just tells you sometimes the old eyeball test, it kind of works. You can just kind of get the feel for how a game's going to go and then you can fire on it. Uh, let's get back to that tease you had about Tyreek Hill before we went to break. Chiefs wide receiver. He's in some legal trouble, it looks like, right, Jerry? Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill is reportedly being investigated for battery on his young son. The Kansas City Star reports that a police report lists a juvenile as the victim, and the victim is Hill's son. The Star report the Star reports that Hill's son was left with a broken arm. And he's like three years old, right? So, I mean, that that's worrisome because Tyreek Hill has a, you know, a background. He allegedly, you know, beat up his pregnant girlfriend, and that's why he fell all the way in the draft as far as he did. This isn't – and with the Chiefs, with the Kareem Hunt thing – it's not looking good for Kansas City, man. Yeah, and these are these are star players too. Yeah. I mean, Kareem Hunt was a Pro Bowl running back. Tyreek Hill is a Pro Bowl wide receiver, and like you said, he this isn't the first time that he's been in the news for something like this. My whole thing is, like, I don't have kids, but I'm a teacher, so I deal with kids all the time, and I deal with badass little kids. I don't know what a kid could possibly do to get you that angry to where you break a bone. Like, I just don't understand. Any of that. And so, I mean, this is just a bad, 
bad look. Now, obviously, there, I highly doubt there's going to be any videos no. of anything, so we're not going to really see anything like that, like we've seen with Cream Hunt and some of the other stuff. But I mean, this is a terrible look because th- th- this isn't a, a grown person that he assaulted. I mean, this is a the defenseless three year old. So his own kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we thought Zeke six games, you know, was a lot. Like, oof. Yeah, Ooh, Kansas like City, <laughs> Adrian Peterson thing, you know, but this is much worse. The kid's yeah, younger, I mean, that, and it's a broken. And phone. that's a di- that's a discipline thing. Yeah. You know, some people spank their kids too. I got spanked until I was fourteen. You know, I'm not saying that it that it that justifies what Adrian Peterson did, but yeah, you know that that's a that's that's a that's a punishment. That's his choice of punishment. This is something completely different. So. Ooh, Kansas City, man. <laughs> the punishment here, though, has to be to the Chiefs. What do they lose? Well, 87 receptions, a career high, 1,417 yards, career high, yards per reception, 17, career high, league high, 92 yards per game, also a career high. That's what they lose. Where does this put the Chiefs offense? Let's start breaking it down from the main part. Where, what does this do for Mahomes? Because obviously, uh, uh, and, and we know, okay, we're not going to downgrade him to, oh, yeah, he's not draftable. Uh, sure. None of that for sure. But it obviously hurts because where's their long weapon now? Can you depend on Sammy Watkins? No, he's always hurt. That's been his MO in the league, even with the Bills, with the Chiefs. He's always hurt. You know, Travis Kelsey had ankle surgery this offseason. So, you know, they think he'll be okay, but he's coming off ankle surgery. Chris Conley, their other receiver, he signed with the Jags. So he's gone. Um you know, if Tyree Kill's not there, that changes everything. That's what makes them dangerous. And, you know, just one final thing. Do you guys remember a couple of weeks ago there were reports that Tyree Kill was going to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL and that the Chiefs were about to lock him up? And now all that all that noise is gone. We're not hearing that anymore. Two hundred million uh, we know is why. what I was hearing. Two hundred yeah. million. I, it's just insane though. And and it's just bad because it's not his first time. So No. Now they're going to be looking at it like in a repeat offender, whether it was in the NFL or not. And it just, it just bad to think where the Chiefs go from here because looking forward with Tyreek Hill and the way that offense looked, it, Things were looking fantastic there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, look, Kelsey, I think is going to be all right. We've we've seen Kelsey put up numbers with Alex Smith without really any other weapons. But I, man, like, what is this going to do to Mahomes? Because I get Mahomes is in his third year. He's basically a sophomore year because he didn't really play his freshman year. I think he had like five passes. Like, he played one this, game. Yeah, yeah, what is this going to do to Mahomes? I mean, this, this is your top guy. You're already you've already lost Hunt. Now you're most likely going to lose Hill. Like, what does this do? To Patrick Mahomes, who's supposed to be your franchise quarterback, that just keeps losing weapons. I mean, I get the defense is getting better, but I mean, you're, I, I definitely you're not going to see a 5100 yard season out of Pat Mahomes this year. I don't think so either. And some people were talking about taking him in the second round of fantasy drafts. If Tyreek Hill's there or not there, you're not taking Mahomes in the second round. I wouldn't. It, it, that's so scary because people were, had him in concrete there, yeah. and now it's. Okay, so what's the drop-off? Sammy Watkins, unreliable. Demarcus Robinson is the next guy up. Kick returner, punt returner is what he's listed at. Then you got guys like Brian Pringle, Marcus Kemp. I, uh, who? Yeah. His mom's listening right now. said, <laughs> who? That guy sounds familiar. Straight up. That's what you have right now. And, again, we're this shouldn't be the talk right now. Things are looking good yeah. for Kansas City. That offense was uh, it's special. It, it, we're not going to say was because it's being investigated, so not, let's not just drag them through. Sure. But when you got a kid with a broken arm, I mean. It's not good. And this isn't like, you know, like Larry Johnson. Remember, he, like, 
spit in some skanky chick's face at a bar or something. And, you know, that, you know, and I have no idea if she's skanky. I just think it's funny to say. But that's way different than beating up your pregnant girlfriend, allegedly, and breaking your three-year-old son's arm. You know what I mean? That's not just getting into an argument at a club when you're drunk. I mean, those are... You know, this is like you really have to wonder, like, what's going through this guy's mind that he's been in these two situations and he knew that eyes were on him, that he had to, you know, kind of keep it clean. He had this on his record. It just makes me worry that he's actually a bad dude and you can't really fix that. You know, no. I mean, it, 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 it is what it is. And the thing, too, is this look. They're putting a lot of money in or a lot of apples in the basket with Spencer Ware. I mean, we we get look, we see time after time. Kansas City loses a running back, they always have a really good backup. But Spencer Ware's never been that starter. I mean, this is a guy who's never been able to really even stay healthy, even as a backup. And then you give him all this money to be the starter for the next two years. You don't even know what you're gonna really get out of a full time Spencer Ware. So I mean, I'm not I don't think that this the, the the Hill thing takes Kansas City out of the playoffs. But I definitely think this this has to drop. Not they, to me, they're not even the favorite in the division anymore. I get I'm a Chargers fan, but with losing Tyree Kill, I think I think Saint San Diego. Damn it! I think L.A. Yes. <laughs> becomes a favorite. That's how big of a, a a thing I think this is with Hill. I mean that 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 was the dude. And no, this isn't like Pittsburgh where you lose Brown and you have Juju Smith Schuster. Right. Like you're really gonna rely on one on Sammy season. Watkins. No. One off season, it's what you saw two Chiefs or ex Chief one, and yeah, the Bash brothers are broken up now. They are. The Bash brothers are broken up. It just that's we talk about this with fantasy keeper leagues, and I think I even talked about this last week. That's why you don't in dynasty leagues don't look too far down the road. Try and win it this year because you know imagine you're like, man, I'm going to get Tyreek Hill. He was awesome. I'm going to take all my my draft capital and go trade for him in my keeper league, and then something like this happens out of nowhere that no way you could see it coming. That's why you you want to be a little more conservative with this stuff, and you just want to focus on what's right in front of you. Try and win your league this year. Don't get too caught up in, you know, stuff in the future because this stuff happens. You know, Kareem Hunt, nobody saw that happening with him, and now he's a backup and suspended for half a year. You know, Zeke Elliott, we saw with, with the suspensions with him. You got to be careful with these guys. You, you, you can't, you may be able to bet on what you think they'll do when they're on the field, but you don't know what they're doing off the field. You just don't. Yeah, no, it, it, Dynasty guy out there has got to be wondering, and that's why I asked you, do you have anything to do with the Browns thing? Do you have anything to do with any of these big moves? Do you have Beckham anywhere? Look how quick yes. things change. Yes. Look how quick things change. Something I want to change, though, is the money in your pocket. Let's go to Spain. Betis, Barcelona. Betis has scored at least one time in their last five games. Barcelona has got a little lead for the uh, for the domestic title. I think this is a big game for them. They just had the big game in the Champions, but they won comfortably. I think that uh, the little bit of fatigue might set in on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, they won't lose a step. The last time they played, it was a 3-4 to four game. Betis on the upset. 
Game before that, Barcelona netted five. So it seems like Barcelona netted five. The very next game, Betis came back like, hey, we got we to gotta put our foot down. We got to make a move here, which they did. They upset them. So coming off that upset, what do you think Barcelona's mentality is? They can't overlook them. They got to think, hey, we got to get these three points out of this game. Barcelona's coming off scoring five goals. They won five to one. Previous to that, three goals, three to one. But again, they allowed a goal in both of those games. The game before that, they allowed Girona to score a goal. If you're telling me Betis is coming off five consecutive home games, putting the ball in the net, give Betis one, Barcelona at least two, now you're playing with house money. Play the over three in Spain. Real Betis, Barcelona, over three. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. For the wearing of the green, for the wearing of the green, thanking men and women for the wearing This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back on Moneyline. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bow at Clutch City Cam. It's St. Patty's Day, y'all. I hope you're having a fantastic day. We're going to hit a little more NFL. Uh, I also want to hit, I have a mock draft that's actually out on Sports Map. I want to get you guys to check that out. But, Cam, you told us something kind of happened to you, right? And it, it's kind of funny, at least, you know, from our point of view, it's kind of funny. Uh, so, what happened? I really wish that uh, I was. Uh... Not as tipsy this morning when I told you this story. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, it, it, you know, this is a story that happens to I'm sure every single guy that attempts to date. Um, I got catfished. I mean, there's really no way around it. Um, you know, I interacted with it on the phone. It. You know, I I don't mean to be insensitive, but I I don't I don't want to call it a he or a, a she without fully knowing because I never met it. But, uh, oh. yeah, basically, you know, just uh, interacted with this person who told me, you know, they were a teacher. So I was like, tight. Like, right. I'm a teacher. You know, they were of Latina. So I was like, ooh, better. You know, their name was Azul. So I was like, damn, that, you know, that's 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 different. You know, they even told me that they taught at uh, Katie Taylor, which is a legit high school, um, you know, that they taught English, 10th grade. Um, but I started to realize things were a little off when they didn't have social media. Hmm. And I was like, you know what? I get it. Teachers a lot of times don't have social media because, you know, they, they want to keep things away from the, the, the students and stuff like that. So sure. I was like, okay, I get that. Um, but then I started to realize, you know, this person told me they had one tattoo, but the picture they sent of them, there was two tattoos, a small one on the hand. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they just forgot about that one. And then we talked on the phone, and uh, hell no. Really? Hell. How did that go? Like, <laughs> It went exactly up, how you might sound. Um, <laughs> uh, I had to hang up because I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a dude. Um, <laughs> did they try to act like a girl, or he just straight up, this is me? Surprise! Bro, they, they didn't hide anything. You know, we didn't, we, I didn't ask them, hey, bro, like, so what's going on? Um, because I was uh, I was a little confused, but no, they 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 just kept on talking, and uh, eventually I was just like, you know what, I I don't want to admit that I'm being catfished, but 
after uh, talking with the boys, Gio and Jose, they were like, bro, you, you need to you need to delete everything. What did the voice person. sound like? like? Hey, boy. Hey, boy. It wasn't quite that deep. <laughs> Your ass looks good in them jeans. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it didn't get to that point. Thank God. Um, so you know what? I, I tried one last thing. I wanted to just... I knew that I could possibly die, Ooh. but I wanted to meet up. Like, I wanted to know, like, for sure, like, did you play me? You know Hold what I'm up. saying? So I was like, yo, <laughs> let's, uh, I was like, of course I was like, let's meet at a public place. But I was like, yo, let's grab some crawfish or something. And they were like, oh, like, uh, I don't know if tomorrow's going to work. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to meet this soon. And that's when I was like, all right, like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> you are not who you are. Like, your pictures are too, like selfie model like like where are your friends like where's your family like what's up with all these pictures like of you in swimsuits that somebody else is taking so eventually i was just like damn it fool you got played like perhaps some crawfish some sausage i didn't even want to go get crawfish after this or sausage damn it josh (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah you know now i can brag about you know or not even brag about now i can have a catfish story so there it is it can happen to you everybody can happen to everybody man someone else that catfished us and has been catfishing us for years you might have seen them in the cfl you might have seen them in the nfl you might have caught them in the spring league now coming to a theater near you in the af football Johnny Manziel <laughs> signs to the league, to the AAF, and he's back. He's back. A little bit of Johnny football action. What, uh, okay, for, like we talk about these other first reactions. What was your first reaction when you read that? <laughs> I always think of Johnny Vegas. You know, remember when he was in Vegas with a that, fake mustache? <laughs> you got to be a partier, man. You got to be a serious partier to, a partier to say, Man, I'm partying like there's. I'm going out and there's nothing that's gonna stop me. And then one of your buddies breaks out like, man, it'd be real cool if you put on this mustache. <laughs> you put it on and then you ask him for the test. Does it look like me? Your friends have to look you straight face like, no, nah, man, I can't even tell it's you, Johnny. Like, what in the world happened there? Now I have to read into the details of here because I, I I thought, well, why didn't this happen sooner? He had to get out of that contract, basically. Yeah. But then the team that had him under that under the that, that got the rights to him, they didn't even want him. San Antonio didn't want him, so they basically gave up his rights. And then, just like uh, waivers go, just like in anything, he goes to the one in five Memphis Express by default. He does, and it's really strange for me, right? Because if I'm the San Antonio team, I don't care if I have Joe Montana at quarterback. It's the AF. I want Johnny Manziel on the team just to have him in Texas. Yeah, he's he's from Texas. You know, he's he's got it. He still has a huge following with with Aggie fans and stuff. I will say, I I think even though Memphis is trash, and honestly, I don't really know a whole lot about this this league. Um, I think he's got a good fit at coach Mike Singletary. We know he's a disciplinarian. We know that he he kind of you know takes athletes under his shoulders and, and kind of mentors him. So I, I think. Him going there with Singletary is a good fit. But, I mean, I, come on. We all knew this was going to happen. Oh, like, yeah. Johnny was going to play in this league eventually. And, I mean, I, I think it's going to be good because we we were hyped up about this league. And it's already week six, and nobody's talking about it no, anymore. No, I, I got to so admit, I I've kind of stopped. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I tried. But then whenever you have 
like a move over Zach Medenberger and yeah. Christian Hackenberg because Johnny's back. Johnny's Whenever people back. are talking about Trent Richardson going off for 47 yards in a game, that's when I know, all right, this ain't it. Like, we're bragging about Trent Richardson averaging 3.9 yards per carry and going off for 47 yards. That's like, good for him. That's, But that's the problem. <laughs> if that's good, then damn, I don't want to watch it. No, I, I'm with you. And I think this is just temporary, right? I really think. Johnny needs to be in the XFL, and he needs to be with the Dallas team with Stoops as the head coach. I mean, imagine, you know, Johnny in that Oklahoma offense that, you know, Kyler Murray's been in and Baker Mayfield. If you had Johnny running that thing in the XFL, that might actually be fun to watch. Does yeah, Johnny it, even want to play football, though? Like, I mean, I want to know what's really going on with Johnny, you know? It's, it, it's, it's hard to know with him, right? He puts people in seats. That's what's going to happen. We're going to – I remember that <laughs> – that CFL game where they named him the starter. And then uh, I said, oh, the game's on a Friday night? I said, okay, let me, let me look at the spread. You're giving, you're giving me nine points with Johnny Manziel in his debut? Then I stopped for a minute and I said, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> What is Joe Public thinking right now? They're thinking the same thing. They're saying there's no way that Johnny's making his comeback and you're giving me nine points if he loses maybe in a close game. But they got blown out. They did. He they was terrible, got right? Beat. Oh, I th- he threw like four or five interceptions. Yeah. I, 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 I refuse to fall for his games. You know what I mean? I fell for even. I remember when he first got to start for Cleveland, and I fell for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's I refuse to fall for it. And maybe I maybe the competition is going. I just don't see him if he didn't have respect for where he was at before and with the potential to make big money. And then what's going to make him now all of a sudden put his ducks in line and say, you know what? I learned my lesson. Let me take my 80, 90 grand, whatever he's going to be making. And that's a wrap. And let me be a I don't see it. I don't Now It just gives him a time to more just cut up and, and put him back in the spotlight, which where he, he likes to be. Yeah. Look, I, I think Johnny loves football, but I think he has the mentality of. I don't need football. Like his his family, we all know his his family has done well, and for me, it it, it seems like for him, it, it's almost like a really glorified hobby. Like he he loves football, but he knows that also he doesn't have to have football. Like a lot of these athletes, football is their life, which is why they commit to it a hundred percent. With Johnny, it, it's just something fun to do. So as much as he might love it, he doesn't have that mentality of okay, I have to go out here and light it up because this is my livelihood. No, like we've seen him be contempt and not play football. <laughs> He parties like he's got he's got family money. So I don't think we're ever going to see a 100 percent motivated Johnny to play football because he doesn't have to have it. No. And, you know, he's he's come out and said that he's been diagnosed with, you know, bipolar disorder. You know, maybe it's kind of a deal where he wakes a hangover, bro. Uh, right. Over it. Right. I mean, but it, is it one day he wakes up and yeah, I'm, I'm all in on football. And then maybe the next day, not so much. You know, where he's just kind of... Him and Josh Gordon need to play catch and call it yeah. a Yeah, Man, look, anybody could go out there and say they're bipolar. It, it sucks for people that are actually really diagnosed with it because for me, it's more just insecurity. Johnny just doesn't, again, like he just doesn't, he doesn't have that drive, I think, to just commit to one thing, whether it's football or, or not football at all. So for him to blame it on being bipolar, I mean, I think that's just a, a weak it kind is. of like cop out. I mean, it, it would... It would suck if he truly does have it, but it just it just seems like it's more just party Johnny. Johnny's always going to be twenty one. Yeah. Someone that didn't cop out and someone that goes about things in a completely different manner. Teddy Bridgewater resigns one year seven point two five million deal with New Orleans. Many people thought he would move on. There was a market for him, but his 
road to a starting job was the path was only a few ways he could take it right going to a direct starting job right now which the, the dolphins need one okay, yep. okay there's a few teams out there but is he doing this thinking maybe that his best path to a winning starting job and getting to learn the franchise and being in the locker room and seeing that one Drew Brees is getting old is that his best path did they sit down cuz i when i saw this i pictured them having to really convince him Having to really convince him, like, hey, you got to take the seven point two five now because they said that he wanted to go to other teams, and you know, some people were looking to throw him thirteen, fourteen million, yeah, which is double of now. So I pictured the the, the sit down being really, really genuine, really one to one, saying, hey, you know, Drew's getting old, yeah, and we want you to be that guy. You're twenty six. God, he's only twenty six. Twenty six years old. You're twenty six years old. We want you to be that guy. Just hold off, learn the system a little bit, and this is your team going forward when we go forward. Let's sign you for a one-year deal right now, and we'll work on things when the time comes around. How does that sound, Teddy? This and, is you the, could do, and you could do your bike all along. This <laughs> is a perfect situation for him. Look, they, New Orleans takes care of, of backup quarterbacks. We see them do it with Chase Daniel for all those years. I mean, this dude was making like $5 million a year as a backup. Now what's Teddy making? What's his contract? Up to $12 million if he yeah. hits all his incentives. And that's the thing. Look, Drew Brees' contract, his two-year contract is up. I still think Drew Brees can play, but is New Orleans going to re-sign him? Is Sean Payton even coming back? Like, I, I have Cowboy friends that really believe that Sean Payton is going to go to Dallas and be the next head coach. Like, what does that mean for Drew Brees? What does that mean for Teddy Bridgewater? Like, this is a really interesting situation quarterback-wise in New Orleans because you have two guys with one-year contracts. I mean, you can, New Orleans next year could literally have no Bridgewater and Drew Brees and... I think that's or Peyton, crazy. or Peyton, and, and we yeah. know that you know Garrett, Jason Garrett, the Cowboys coach, is on the last year of his deal. So if you could see a situation where maybe you know Breeze retires and Jason Garrett's gone, and maybe Sean Payton's kind of looking around, you know, I'd have to look up his contract situation. Yeah. But yeah, that it makes you wonder with Bridgewater. It may be set up for him that way, but. Will it end up working out like Yeah, that? and that's a big if. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He, he's been sitting so long, too, that it's a, uh, you know he wants to play. He needs to. And when you think of Bridgewater 26, you, yeah. you think he would be like 30, 29 yes. or 30 right now. But the 29-year-old that did get signed, Tarot Teller, two years, 11 million, Chargers. He's a good backup. Same situation, though, yeah. uh, with Rivers getting older. Yeah. Is that maybe a chance? To, and he's on a two-year. Uh, I don't really see Rivers a guy that gets injured and misses games through injury. So it's the same thing with Breeze. You don't really see that too much. The injury risk is, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're completely random injuries. But I don't really see it happening with those two guys. Uh, and Let me knock on wood. Yeah. But is that the same situation? Because the list gets real bad after that. Let me give you the list after that. Bortles is available. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brock Osweiler, RG3, Trevor Simeon, Sam Bradford at 31 years old sitting there. So you ask yourself, what's going on with this list? Is there anybody I really want after that? Josh McCown, Geno Smith? No, thank you. Who do you really want? And something that sticks out to this uh, of this list that, that's pretty hilarious, Matt Schaub, Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, all on this list, all ex-Texans. <laughs> All unsigned, except for the oldest one, Matt Schaub, at 37 years old. Yeah. So all these ex-Texans quarterbacks that, that were given opportunity and, 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 and were in this system, none of them have a job. So that goes to tell you, one, what, where the, what they are yeah. and how bad the read was on them. And two, Matt Schaub has got a job in Atlanta still, and these other guys are looking for something. So 
times are not that good. I, I love this Tyrod signing because not only does it now allow the Chargers not to put the pressure on having to draft a backup for Phillip Rivers right now. Look, Phillip is usually always healthy. He's got like three or four more years left in him. But look, Tyrod Taylor was a viable starting quarterback. He kind of got hoed out of Buffalo. And then in Cleveland, I mean, this is a guy that we've seen produce as a starter. Now he's your backup. I mean... He, he's almost he's a you know he's a better clipboard Jesus you know Charlie Whitehurst was in San Diego for so long because you knew if you plugged him in he was going to produce now you have Tyrod Taylor you literally have two starting quarterbacks on your roster so Philip goes down Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to just step in right in I mean for two years I think that's a hell of a signing for the Chargers. but Whitehurst has that good hair <laughs> oh man he that's a gorgeous that man hair. so is McCown man they, they got that going on and uh well David Carr had the great hair so but hadn't always led to great quarterback. Never trust play. a car. <laughs> yeah, no. Never, never. Now, let's talk about some other players at a different position. So, Bell, obviously we spoke about. Hunt, we spoke about. Coleman signs with the San Francisco 49ers. We're talking about Tevin Colvin, 25 years old, signed two years, $8.5 million, goes to the Bay. I wanted him to come to the Texans or for a change of pace. Like I would have liked to see... He's a great catching back. Whenever the starter was hurting in Atlanta, he would go off. Yeah, Coleman would go off. I, I, many times I would plug him into my daily fantasy, and he would go off for 25, 30 daily fantasy points. Sure. And now he found a home in San Francisco for a team that I don't know if they have a secure back when Jarek McKinnon went down, right? Right, and they still have McKinnon under a big contract. And that was killer. Yeah. That was killer. That's why that injury was so bad and, and just thinking. But don't get me wrong here. We never even got to see what McKinnon was because we finally got him to see him break the reins of Latavius Murray, which also was signed to the Saints. To the Saints. But Coleman, one player, Mark Ingram signs a three-year, $15 million deal with the Baltimore Ravens. I like that one. If we're talking fantasy here, that's the one I like the most. I like Latavius Murray, guys, as a handcuff for Alvin Kamara. I bet you can pick him up. Seventh, eighth, ninth round, something like that. Little insurance, a little six carries per game. Coleman yes. and Ingram stock just blew up. I mean, look, Coleman was a guy that people were drafting in the sixth or seventh round, knowing that he was essentially a backup. Now he's about to go to San Fran and go off. And honestly, th- this is why I think it looks t- so terrible for the Texans. I think Coleman was a perfect fit for the Texans, and he went to San Francisco for nothing. And same with Mark Ingram. And we know Baltimore is going to run the hell out of the ball because Lamar Jackson hasn't proven himself as a passer. Now Ingram's about to go to Baltimore and he's going to be the main guy like both of these dudes literally went from like sixth or seventh round draft picks I think they could always go up to all the way to like the third or fourth round I think so with Ingram the, the, the thing with me with the the McKinnon situation in San Francisco Shanahan came out and said McKinnon's still gonna get a ton of work so how much you know Coleman's gonna be fighting him for touches but we do know that one thing about the Shanahan system produces amazing fans and Coleman played in the Shanahan yes. system yes. so look it, and Kyle Shanahan was in was in Atlanta if I'm not mistaken yeah, as an that, offensive that, coordinator yeah, so we know that they can balance multiple running backs and a passing game that's true someone else that's going to have to juggle running backs and they re-sign Adrian Peterson to a two-year, $5.03 million deal. Returns to the Washington Redskins. But so does Darius Geis. Geis is back, and they got a new quarterback. Case Keenum's there now. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Let the future of mediocrity <laughs> resume. Yes. No, that it just seems to me the Redskins, their their plan is their defense was pretty decent last year, remember? Like against the past, they were pretty good. I think they're gonna be a team that they try and beat you thirteen to ten. I think that's what the Redskins hey, are I gonna mean, try and do. I mean, this was a team that was 
was vying for the playoffs until they had that second half kind yeah. of collapse. And, you know, I, I'm not saying Case Keenum's better than Alex Smith, but it's close. It's close. And then Adrian Peterson, we saw what he could do. I mean, I think Washington got a little better in the offseason. And they got Landon Collins. They got a really good safety out of the deal. So let's, cool. he's so you know, so yeah. much money on that yeah. one. <laughs> let's open up the parking bin before Ooh. we go to break. The parking bin of running backs. One thirty-two-year-old Marshawn Lynch, Jay Ajayi, T.J. Yeldon, C.J. Chunky Anderson, Spencer Ware, Darren Sproles Royce, Ty Montgomery, Alfred Blue, Bilal Powell, Doug Martin. Let's stop right there. This is Money Line on ESPN 97.5. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. Let me pick the volunteers and let me begin to win. Let's get the volunteers today playing SEC title game. What do we have here? The 16th scoring team versus the 28th. Sixth in field goal percentage, Tennessee is. 84th in three points, 11th in free throws. All this, though, going against a team that they're 3-0, and the, the over-unders, three overs, zero unders in the last three matchups, a combined score of, of, of 168. I'd like this game to be fast-paced. I think that both teams will be getting up and uh, down the court. And when it comes down to... Uh, these these championship games or in the tournaments where it's no tomorrow for the losing team, the end of the games you can get have it two way, and this is, comes down to theory again. Which way do you see it? Do you have two teams when you have two defensive teams, teams that go slow? Say it's a close game at the end of the game towards the last two minutes. They try to minimize possessions, right? They believe in their defense, and they believe, hey, if we score here, let's minimize possessions because we want to get this game to end. Teams that run at a higher pace, teams that rely more on offense, I would think that they, the, 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 the head, their heads are more in the, hey, let's extend this. Let's get a two. Let's foul. Let's, let's, let's make them press, let's press defense, whatever it is, to get more possessions, getting you more towards the over. In games like this where it's got a short spread and both teams run and both teams can score, I like to take the over because I feel like there's a good chance I could get cheap points at the end. If it's a four or five point game at the end and say team a that's down by five misses a three they foul now the other team shoots the two now they're up by seven uh team a gives the ball back now they hit a three now they're down four it's still 18 seconds left they, they foul now you're getting free points you do this whenever you believe offense is 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 the key and in a defensive game again like i tell you people are going to try to minimize situations minimize possessions in the game and to rely on the defense in this particular situation i see free points towards the end of the game if we even need them to get there like I said, they've averaged 168 in the last three contests. Now you got the over way lower than that. Give me the over in that game. Boom. There you have it, guys. 
Jerry's going to keep making you money. That's kind of what he does. So follow him at Jerry Bo Knows on Twitter, at Josh Jordan 97.5. And also follow Sports Map. Jerry and I both write for Sports Map at Sports Map HOU. I've got my mock drafts coming out now. It's that time of year. I did my first mock draft this past week. Thank you, everybody, for clicking on it. It did really well. So thank you. Um, if you're a Texans fan, you might be a little concerned because through my mock draft, I, I know everybody wants an offensive tackle for the Texans, right? But with them picking at 23, most of all those good offensive tackles were off the board. So I had the Texans taking Greedy Williams, the LSU cornerback, because we all know Texans really need some help yeah. when it comes to corner. And it's that discussion, would you rather have the sixth best tackle or would you rather have the best corner in the draft? So I went ahead and, and, and took the better player and given them a good corner. They need a good starting young corner. That's who I took. Now, a guy that might be there for them is Greg Little. And uh, he's an offensive tackle from Old Miss. Lance actually had him in the back end of the first round before the combine. He had a poor combine. So his draft stock went down a little bit. But we saw last year with, with a guy like Orlando Brown, uh, the tackle that the Ravens took, you know, he had a poor combine, but he ended up being a really good player. So you want to be careful with with these drills at the combine, especially for offensive tackles, because that's not always, you know, what a guy runs and, and what he does in three cone is not necessarily if he can block somebody. He's just a big human being. Well, an offensive lineman, he's not going to be running 30 yards down the field. Right. You need that. You need that five yards, that quick burst. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's fun to watch the combine or the, yeah, the combine, but a lot of these things just... They, they don't they don't matter with some of these players. Make right. sure you keep checking up on Sports Map as Josh will keep releasing more and more mock drafts as we get closer to the draft. I'll have one this week, in fact, because after free agency, uh, everything changed. Right? Needs, holes, uh, b- b- available targets, everything changes. So we'll have a better look at the landscape of things going forward. Now let's get to receivers real quick. We're short on time. Fitzgerald was gone. Golden Tate. Signed four years, $37.5 million deals to the Giants. What do you think about this? Was this a, more of a need, let's make a move happen? But Because he's 30 years old. Yeah. Gordon Tate's not exactly young. And at this point, can who who's the one over there? She, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's Shepherd, Golden Tate's more of a slot guy. Shepard. They're both slot guys. That's yeah. the problem. So I, who's going outside? I kind of like Evan Ingram, you know? Yeah. You know, the tight end. But, man, he's kind of built like a, just a jacked-up receiver, and he can run. And man. the loser and all this got to be Barkley with losing Beckham yeah. in one week, and then before teams would have to respect maybe the long, uh, maybe the big play. Anything that, that had to do with Beckham, that just puts extra defenders in the box now. I, I agree. I think maybe we'll see a couple more catches for Barkley, but you know, so maybe he gets an uptick in catches, which is good for his fantasy value. But I think overall, like scoring and rushing yards, got to be going down because – who are you really worried about getting behind you anymore? You're not. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think this makes the Giants really any better. But saying that, I also think this makes Golden Tate a viable fantasy option. I think he's going to put up more numbers than what he did in, in, in Philly just because you know Eli is going to sling it to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they kind of overpaid, but you kind of have to. I mean, you, you, you lost Odell Beckham, and there wasn't a huge – free agent class of, of, of legit wide receivers. So you went out and you got one of the best ones. It just, he's not, you know, one of the best wide receivers. I just don't get it. Yeah. It feels like they're rebuilding. Why go sign a 30-year-old receiver to a bunch of money and a slot receiver? So I don't know. Were there any other big signings, Jerry, that, that, Devin, that we're missing out on? Devin Funches uh, signs. Some find it curious. Some say they don't like it. But it was a one-year deal, $10 million. Some incentives could make it fourteen, I believe. Devin Funches gives Andrew Luck another big target in the red zone. He does, and 
it makes me think maybe this hurts Eric Ebron a little bit. Big time. And don't get me wrong, regression was going to settle in after that big year, but yeah, it's going to it's definitely going to hurt him. It's not going to help him, but overall, I don't think it's a bad move. No. All that all that money they had, that's what we've been hearing. They finally made a little bit of a move. I'll take that. This this sucks if you're a Texans fan because you already know the Texans are terrible when it comes to covering athletic tight ends. Devin Funches is essentially a super athletic tight end. Yeah. I mean, the dude is Physically a monster. Now, he underperformed, in my opinion, in Carolina. I mean, he had all those good years, his freshman or his first two years, and then just kind of digressed when people thought he was going to rise. But, I mean, for a rental player of one year, he's man, I think he's going to go off when it comes to playing against the AFC South, especially the Texans. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. I agree. Going off is what he will do. Hopefully, we went off this morning for you. Hopefully, we got you hyped. Hopefully, we got you ready for your St. Patty's Day festivities. Hopefully, you got that beer cranking out, that green beer flowing. Get the cheers ready. You're going to need that to go to work tomorrow. Your, jo- your job's not going to want you showing up looking like a leprechaun. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, Jerry, uh, one final time. Give everybody that play again. What was it, Tennessee? The over in the Tennessee-Auburn uh, game. It's about to tip off right now. Take the over in the SEC title game. There you have it, guys. Hey, we're up against it. Another show in the books. We will see you guys next week. For Josh, for Jerry, for Cam, this Peace. has been Moneyline. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975.